0: Good morning this is the february 1st episode of the daily wrestling news show where we're on a mission to teach learn and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us my name is john and on today's episode we pose the question who crossed the line again on this day in 1997. crossing the line again insinuates that you've crossed the line before And of course, I'm talking about the famous Night the Line Was Crossed in February of 1994. It was a show at the ECW arena that featured Shane Douglas in the main event for the heavyweight championship. No, it's not the night Shane won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and threw it down to declare himself ECW heavyweight champ. That wouldn't happen until late August of that year. But on February 5th, 1994, Eastern Championship Wrestling crossed the line when their nearly 50-year-old heavyweight champion, Terry Funk, defended his title in a 60-minute time limit draw against Sabu and Shane Douglas. Journalist Dave Meltzer would laud the performance for not only its overall quality, but the fact that at the time, putting on a triple threat world title match was quite out of the ordinary. Even rarer was ECW's decision to use the match to fill an entire hour of a future episode of their TV programming so you might say they crossed the line onto the island of relevancy. This was the performance that put the little NWA affiliate on the map. The company continued to make waves, and by 1997, the little indie that could was on the verge of rising to become a legit third, albeit distant, option behind the explosion that was going on in the wrestling industry with Monday Night Wars between WCW and the WWF but there were a couple of hurdles they had yet to cross. Incredibly, they had become wildly popular in a good portion of the country without the exposure of a national TV deal. ECW was still being consumed piecemeal via small local TV deals on inconsistent days at inconsistent times, far too often being preempted by local sports programming that was marginal at best. This forced ECW fans to sometimes rely on internet reports to fill in the blanks. But the growing ECW fan base was rabid and would do whatever was necessary to get their fix, and I speak from first-hand experience. And that brings us back to February of 1997, when ECW presented Crossing the Line Again, from their home base bingo hall on the corner of Swanson and Rittner. Early on the card, we saw the ECW debut of Lance Storm, who would beat Balls Mahoney. A little later was a sub two minute squash of Axel Rotten by Dr. Death Steve Williams. Afterwards, Dr. Death declared he wanted a shot at the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, which brought out the champ Raven. It wasn't long before fists were flying between Raven and Williams, and this brought out Commissioner Todd Gordon. In a very ECW move, Gordon declared mid impromptu brawl that this would be a title match. Big Stevie Cool would reappear and attack his mortal enemy Raven, but when Dr. Death rejected a BWO t-shirt, Stevie hit him with three consecutive super kicks, opening the door for Raven to end the match with an even flow DDT. Not insignificant in this melee is the fact that this was the first time in over a decade that Dr. Death had taken a loss on U.S. soil. The Sandman defeated Devon Dudley in a short but bloody contest. After the bell, Devon would steal the Sandman's Singapore cane and use it against him. Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley would race to the ring to stop their estranged half brother, who had been on the outs with the rest of the Dudley family ever since his debut in April of 96. In another noteworthy moment, Bubba Ray would turn on Spike, and in the middle of making the save for the Sandman, for the first time, he would stand side by side with half brother Devon. Little Spike would take the first ever Dudley death drop, and although the progeny of Big Daddy Dudley had spotted the ECW roster since 1995, with the likes of Big Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, Snot Dudley, Dances with Dudley, Chubby Dudley, and the original Dudley Dudley. This was the moment that the legendary Dudley boys were born as a tag team. The main event saw the Pitbulls team with Tommy Dreamer to score a victory over the Triple Threat in six-man tag action. This was not without its noteworthy moments as well. The Triple Threat would get a hand from former Body Donna's valet. Nope, not that one. While Sonny is the Body Donna's valet you remember, the one you have probably forcibly tried to forget was Cloudy. You know, the antithesis of Sonny? Because regardless of the long blonde wig, in a stroke of WWF creative genius, Cloudy was a dude. So Cloudy tried to help Candido and company, but got run off by Beulah McGillicuddy. And then the Pitbulls and Dreamer would get additional unplanned assistance from the masked man who debuted in January and stated his New Year's resolution was to fuck with Shane Douglas. Of course, the moment that masked man opened his mouth into a live mic, the ECW fans realized they were being treated to seeing Rick Rude for the first time since a back injury forced him to retire in 1994. But even with Dr. Death's landmark pinfall, the debut of the man from Calgary, dramatic pause, Alberta, Canada, and the birth of the Dudley Boys, and even a Rick Rude sighting, The biggest moment of the night happened at the top of the show before the opening bell for the evening. Much of the roster was in the ring, including Sabu, and the remaining athletes were in the Eagle's Nest, including Taz. Paul Heyman opened the show with an announcement. Paul E. tells the fans that despite cancellations, lawsuits, and rumors, and thanks to the fans' cards, letters, phone calls, telegrams, and emails, on Sunday, April 13th, the wrestling worlds would be exposed to ECW for the very first time on pay per view. Heyman went on to say that the main event would pit Taz against Sabu in the culmination of one of the greatest builds in wrestling history. The two men had been on a collision course for nearly 18 months, and it would all come to a head at a show that, as Joey Styles would describe, would be so extreme, it would be barely legal. And that announcement, took place on this day in wrestling history february 1st 1997. well that's our show for today the daily wrestling news show is a minutes to bell time production learn more at minutes to this episode was written by john deconti subscribe to the daily wrestling news show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the daily wrestling news show facebook group